right, how's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run The Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we're back with the uh, last movie in our J-horror category with, with a-, a grudge. <laughs> yes, we're back with a grudge. <laughs> Juwan the grudge, to be specific. Apparently, this is the third movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> but... uh can't really watch the other ones um except well i guess you can i think they're on youtube yeah they're on youtube i have not watched them i think fox you watched them i got through the short films in the first one but i didn't quite finish the second not very good oh i was just trying to multitask and have it on in the background while i was working but it wasn't working <laughs> so that would be difficult with the uh like film that you have to read subtitles for yeah (laughs) it was i thought maybe the dialogue wouldn't be important but i think it was yeah (laughs) everything's connected yes that (laughs) (laughs) we'll get into a little bit of that probably (laughs) we probably will but yeah we watched juan the grudge this movie came out in 2002 it is directed and written by takashi shimizu he said, and he did the first two as well, right? Yep, he's done all of them. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was reading. He even did the like uh, American remake of this movie. Like they brought him over and he did it, which makes me want to watch it. I thought it was just like a ripoff. Yeah, you don't see that very often where directors get to direct their original film again, but for America, it's really weird. But it's cool. It's a good idea. And with the bigger budget, too, it sounds like. So. Yeah, I think he did the second Grudge movie that was here as well. I can't remember, though. I know for sure he didn't do the third one. That's pretty cool. It does beg the question, why not just pay to have it more widespread, I guess? I guess they won that theatrical run. But then they could have run the movie over here, too, the Amer- or the Japanese one in the theater. Well, unfortunately, I don't think a lot of Americans want to read subtitles. I know a lot of people who are very turned off by that. So I think that that is the appeal is to not have to do that or dub it. I guess they could have dubbed it, but. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah, (laughs) I don't think that would go well. (laughs) I'm all for terrible dubs of horror films. Please, please do it. That would be so fun. I watched a little comparison between them and it looks like at least from the video I saw, it looked like he incorporates things from The Curse and The Curse 2 in the American remake. Yeah, it's a kind of a greatest hit. So like, he kind of like pulls stuff from all the, the movies from up to those three, at least, and kind of does the best stuff from each one. Nice. I feel like I might be watching it soon, but... It's on Prime. Ooh, even better. Yeah, I'll probably watch it, but we're going to talk about Juwan the Grudge. This man has many grudges, but we're talking about one specific grudge. (laughs) One very specific grudge. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I'm just going to read the IMDb uh, synopsis for this one. A mysterious and vengeful spirit marks and pursues anybody who dares enter the house in which it resides. The grudge. We're going to talk about it and we're going to spoil it. So beware. If you don't want spoilers, yeah, beware. Don't have a grudge against us. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we're, we've warned you so you don't have any excuse to be angry. <laughs> Please don't come into my home and <laughs> climb out of my bed and try to kill me. Look at us from weird vents and stuff, but 
Yeah, this will be spoiler heavy. You know, I honestly don't think there's much to spoil in this, though. It's kind of the same thing over and over again, so it's not like much to spoil. Yeah, I guess spoiler alert, nobody can escape the grudge. <laughs> That's what makes it scary. <laughs> yeah, there's no uh, yeah twists and turns, really. There's like, yeah, I don't know. The plot isn't really reliant on that. It's more reliant on like figuring out like the order of what happens i guess is kind of where the plot elements lie i guess we're already getting into it then what what did you guys think do on the grudge i haven't been this scared since sinister <laughs> oh really yep this one spooked me good not as much as hereditary but it spooked me about as much as sinister did i'm glad that's good news I had to turn the lights on. I couldn't <laughs> sleep. <laughs> oh, that's fair. It is pretty scary. I, I guess by contrast, you know, I kind of overhyped myself and was not very scared by this one, which is weird for me. I'm usually, you know, I hate to say I'm a chicken, but I'm usually the first one here to be afraid, I think. <laughs> I don't know, no, Fox. I'm pretty... <laughs> I remember watching some Halloween movies with oh, you before. Yeah. <laughs> we get pretty scared. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I do think I remember seeing them cuddle under a blanket together, <laughs> hiding from some movie. I don't even remember, but yeah. Can neither confirm nor deny these allegations <laughs> there may have been another person under that blanket too like three people it was like scooby-doo yeah. everybody was hiding oh, i thought you meant like the grudge was in there with us <laughs> was, what's her face down there it better not have been the grudge girl kayako is that her name kayako i don't know if they even say it in this movie kayako is that how you say it i i have no idea that's one of the things I'm not I'm confused about. So is there like three grudges? Like does the little boy Toshio or was that his name? Toshio, yeah. Toshio and then Katsuya? Was that the other one? Uh that was somebody else. That was like the husband who was oh, living in the house. Kay Kayako, Kayako. Kay Kayako, maybe. I'm I'm sorry if I'm horribly mispronouncing it. Kayako? I think it's something like that, yeah. And then like the the dark figure are those all individual ghosts i think she's the dark figure oh she's the dark figure okay but she's not always the dark figure no she's not <laughs> it's very confusing i don't i don't understand you're pointing out one of my criticisms already <laughs> but there is there's later movies that there's one called White Ghost and there's one called Black Ghost and they're like I think that's supposed to go into what's going on there I don't know I haven't seen it oh that's getting too deep into the lore <laughs> there's some lore there yeah I don't know why they do that but there is another party though there is that guy who murdered the oh yeah woman. at the end who started it all right yep yep he he's connected to it too they're kind of like a unit I think see. That confused me, too, because he looks a lot like the reporter guy who tried to burn down the house. I was very confused by that, and I was confused because Rika's story is so out of sync. I was very confused at the end. It took me a while to be like, oh, that's her again. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go look up like a chronological synopsis of this and the first one. 
it made more sense, yeah, when I watched it this time. But yeah, the first time I watched it, I was like, I don't know what's going on exactly. Like, I think, you know, I kind of picked up enough to, like, understand. But so that, some of these points I'm a little confused by. But it made, it made more sense this time. I was, like, trying to keep a list track in my head. And I think some are happening at the same time as others, too. So that kind of makes it tricky. I've always heard of this movie, The Grudge. Um, I heard that it was based off of a Japanese movie, the because I first heard of the American remake of it. I did not expect this movie to be the way that it was. Like with the non-linear story, it jumps around in different times, and it's like short episodes, basically, that are somewhat connected. I did not expect that at all going into this movie. It's kind of an anthology a little bit, you know, like we were kind of talking about with uh, Quaden. It's kind of like Quaden, like, well, I mean, it's not really, but in, in a way, you know, it's a kind of anthologies. They're interconnected, but they're also their own thing, kind of. I don't know. It's a, a weird blend of kind of that anthology with the interconnecting story. It's like they're all connected by a theme, it seems like, and obviously the grudge. They're all victims of the grudge because they've gone in the house at some point so it's basically just going through like the main like like rika hitomi katsuya um kazumi all them it makes sense but then we get like the the daughter izumi izumi and then her dad which her dad makes sense but then we have like izumi who's just kind of put in there in the future because it's connected to her through her dad kind of thing which is a little bit random but i don't think the plot is very good in this because like i hinted at earlier it's basically the same thing over and over again but the genius of them cutting it up i say genius but i'm not convinced uh, yeah. <laughs> <that it's genius. laughs> the, the way they tell the story by cutting it up and making it non-linear kind of distracts you from this being the same thing over and over again you know and it's it's smart that they did it that way but i'm like they could have done something to make it better than that i guess <laughs> yeah i think it is pretty smart i mean i don't, genius is maybe a strong word but I think it, that's what I really like about it. It's kind of like a puzzle box that I'm trying to solve a little bit, like trying to figure out the order. It keeps me engaged, which I think is cool. It's like I have to pay attention because I know there's like clues here and there. You'll see like phone calls pop up like from one part of the story. Then you'll be like, oh, she's talking, overhearing the conversation we just heard in the, the first half of the movie, stuff like that. I kind of like that about it. I feel like they're using it as a tool, I guess. I don't know if they're... I don't feel like they explain this rule of the grudge very well. So whenever it murders somebody, wherever it murders them, becomes like another hot spot for it. It's like a disease, yeah. Yeah, the like bouncing back and forth thing. They're like, I feel like they're trying to make you be like, why is the grudge there? How did it get over there? Who's that person? How is it chasing them? They've got to go in the house. No, they don't. But they all went in the house. The, the the policeman who got killed by the woman, he never went to the house. The guy who burned it down? No, the, the guard, security guard, who went to check the bathroom after... Uh, oh, that's right. It's not because they go in the house. It's, it's like a disease. Like, whoever it comes in contact with, 
they go for them. Like it just it keeps spreading. Like whoever, and then if somebody comes in contact with the person who's infected by this grudge, then it will spread to them. She's hunting down everyone who's ever come in contact with this thing. I feel like the chunking it up segment thing is to kind of keep you guessing on that rule, unless you just like know the rule in the first place. See, I thought that didn't they they said it though that they had to go in the house or the people who enter it or who it goes for. So, but then they break that rule within the film by having to kill the security guard for a very very spooky scene. Well, who like whoever it kills becomes a new grudge, kind of like Azumi's friends who chase her in her own apartment. It's like an endless cycle of angry grudges. I read that on Wikipedia, but I haven't seen any of the other uh, Juon stuff. So I didn't know that until I read it. It's not very clear in this movie that that's what's happening. I don't know, is it more developed, I guess, in the first two movies? Have Terry, have you seen those two? Yeah, I've seen both of those. I mean, I think I kind of got the vibe of it from this one even. Just because the last shot of this is like the whole city is like just abandoned because What's-Her-Face has taken away everyone. That's the vibe I took. I don't know I don't know if they planned on making sequels after this or not because there is more, so not everybody's dead. But that's the whole vibe I get from this is that this grudge is just taking away people and it's like spreading wildly out of control, taking away anyone who's even adjacently related to the house like when it started at the house but it's just been spreading out from there and just taking everyone like a disease mm-hmm, exactly it is it's like a viral infection i didn't get that at all from the movie i just got you go in the house you get you're, you're done <laughs> i mean that's a fast track way yeah <laughs> i feel like it would be a lot more obvious if they if they didn't segment it out you know like it would make more sense why it is where it is and who's getting offed where they're getting offed if they had just done it in order i mean it still makes sense besides the security guard but even then you could argue is because the dark figure was there already that that's why he got killed you could take it your way yeah like it's if you're adjacent to it like it starts at the house, and then if you go there, it's going to follow you. And I mean, whoever is in its way, it's going to just tear apart too. But goes to the plot not being super great. Well, like, it asks you to know a lot of things in advance, which is not fair. Well, it is the third movie, so. <laughs> I wish they would have, like, at the beginning, they have this, like, weird, uh, it's, the scene's like in grayscale or something, and they show, I guess, what happened um the guy i assume kills his family there and that's what starts the grudge yeah the the little boy and the, his wife and the cat that first scene is from the first movie is that what's going on yeah it's either in the first or the second i don't remember when they actually show it but i was gonna say because yeah for this one being the third one i was like what set all this up because they barely show it at the start. I wasn't even clear that the guy murdered his family from what they showed at the start of this movie. It does go pretty quick. I wish they would have dwelled on that a little bit longer, just to kind of give everybody a clean basis for like the origin of it. I wonder if maybe they had got some flack since the second movie, like literally almost half of it is recap. Oh, that could be, yeah. So they're just like, let's just get this out of the way. So they were like, well, nobody wants the recap anyway. <laughs> I wonder, you know, I don't know, just speculating. Makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it, it didn't have to be much. It just had to be like something because literally what I remember was it was a different color. Um, 
and it showed like some guy cleaning off his knife and it looked like something out of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. And then it just like went to uh, the movie. So I was like, hmm, what happened here? I guess you don't really need to know. Yeah, I think it would have made more impact though if it, yeah, it would have been longer just so like to make it absolutely clear what's going on. Cause, and I mean, yeah, because that guy with the knife doesn't really come back until like he pops up at like the middle and he pops up at the end. But yeah, I think if, if you didn't know like what was wrong with the husband of that lady who like fainted and got taken, like why he suddenly like changed his personalities, like you kind of need to know who that guy is and that he killed his wife and was a jealous husband. <laughs> Get that whole possession scene. I figured that much out when he was possessed, because the actor did a really good job, I thought, of showcasing that. That shift was really good. His face, like, literally darkens. I think some of the lighting was helping him with that, but it was like, wow, the shift was so cool. Yeah, he really nailed it. Yeah, there's some pretty good acting in this movie, I think, but yeah, the story for me is not what I enjoyed most about this movie. It's the, like, visuals and the imagery it's so creepy in this movie. Like, I was looking over my notes, and basically I just wrote down stuff about how creepy stuff was. <laughs> Not really much about the story at all. Did they do the grudge noise in the other two, or is this the unveiling of it? Oh, they do it in one of the short film prequels, even. You know, I've I've never heard it, because I've, I've tried to stay away from the, the grudge. I knew what it was, because people would do it all the time, but I've never heard it before. So, that first time at the very beginning when it happens, I was, I was like, crap in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary. It's iconic. It is iconic, you're right. Yep, and then when the TV did it, oh man. That stuff with Hitomi is probably the scariest thing I've seen in a long time. <laughs> that's, that was almost hereditary level scary. You know, I'd say for me that was hereditary level scary. The rest of it, not so much, but Hitomi's thing, that has spooked me for a long time now. Seeing her bed, the covers rise up, and the yeah, oh man, she gets just dragged away. I saw the picture on IMDb, so I knew what was there, and I did not watch it. I, I closed my <laughs> eyes. I was like, I can't, I can't. If I watch this, I'm going to, like, die. It's such a, yeah, genius, um, like, horror scene, because what does everybody do in scary movies? They hide under the covers, but that's not even safe. <laughs> She's waiting there for you, yeah. She'll just pop up. Like, that's what's really scary to me is, like, She'll just be there. Like, and you don't know how she even got there. Like, she's in the covers. She's, like, in the shower, like, in her head, basically, like, running her hand through your hair. And then she's like, pops out of her sweater. Like, that is so scary. She's just, like, clawing her way out of every surface. Like, you just can't get away from her. It's, oh, man. It's really creepy. I think that sweater was my favorite scare in the whole movie. It's so scary. Just that noise, too. It's so good. And how they incorporate it with the technology and stuff like on the phone and then the the tv it was scariest whenever that freaking black figure would show up i think anyways like when it coming out of the stall oh. when it slowly went up to the camera and then you just saw the eyes that's one of mike's visual moments in this movie <laughs> yeah you know i didn't watch that either because i knew what was gonna happen like when i saw when i saw the black c 
come over the camera, I was like, uh-uh. You got to understand, though, the eye thing, like, terrifies me. I hate that. This movie had the sleep paralysis, like, thing in it, too. Like, she woke up, and Toshio was sitting on the bed, and the, like, ghost girl was, like, looking over her. Oh, I just had, like, weird sleep paralysis stuff happen to me not that long back, and I was squirming. I was like, ugh. That part was probably one of my favorites, yeah. Just seeing him leer over her while she's just laying there. That was so scary, yeah. What makes this movie so horrifying, too, I think, is the characters don't understand what's going on. Like, they don't know that somebody was murdered in that house, but they're still getting killed and stalked by this thing. It's so unsettling. It It is, really, because it's hard to understand, and that's kind of what I like about it, too. I, I mean, I... It's very complicated and weird how it does spread out and stuff. But, like, it just seems, like, so unstoppable. Like, you could just be walking down the street and you could, like, basically have a short conversation with somebody. And then all of a sudden this ghost is like, oh, now I'm going to kill you because you're you're related to my incident. You're like, oh, no. God dang it. <laughs> like, it's, it's scary. Like, she doesn't have, like, I mean, the only, like, I guess, what's the word? Uh, like, um sympathetic thing about her is that she got murdered by her jealous husband obviously which that she didn't deserve that but man she is not taking any prisoners she does not care who she kills she'll kill anybody she goes after anything as long as it's tangentially related like this grudge is strong i guess it kind of tracks with the conclusions we've drawn about japanese ghosts over the course of this series is just don't mess with them i did read on like wikipedia that the grudge or whatever is kind of based off of some japanese folklore as well i didn't read the full wikipedia page about it but it does seem like it's kind of a historic thing yeah that's kind of my favorite part about it kind of like what you were saying tv is i just really like the lore and folklore aspects and the weirdness of it all yeah and just like the fact that you know, sometimes she does just leave, like, a dead body there laying. But sometimes the bodies just are gone. Like, she'll just take them, and who knows where they went. Man, that just is so unsettling. Like, when the cover's, like, there's just, like, she drags the person under, and then it's, like, the bed just is, like, oh, it's empty now. Or she drags somebody into a closet, and then they're just gone. It's just, it's just so eerie. I, I love how weird it is, and just, yeah, how unsettling everything is about this movie. It's just, ugh. Gives off a very... Um, different vibe from anything else I've really watched in the horror genre, and that was really cool. This movie's very, like, I want to say minimalist. It's not very, like, high budget, it doesn't seem, and it's kind of shot in a, like, up-close, personal way. I really like, yeah, what you brought up about... I mean, it's not that flashy, really, but because I don't think the budget's all that big, but they, like, punch way above their weight for this movie. And, like, they do so many creative things with, like, so little. It's just super impressive, too, just, yeah, on, like, a technical side, I think, how they can get me so scared, even when, yeah, you can kind of tell the budget's not quite as high as, like, some American horror movie. Yeah, it's it's perfectly, um, you know, showcased in the way they treat the ghosts in this movie, I think. Um, like, there's some CGI on the Shadow Girl, but for the most part, the ghosts in this movie are just, like, painted white. They're just people painted white, and they, they're they so unsettling in the way it's filmed, the way you see them, the way they move. It's just very minimalistic, and it's so effective. It is. I did a little bit of kind of digging on that subject, and I, I guess direct-to-video stuff, V-Cinema, is actually pretty popular in Japan. 
And like directors like this guy will take on like straight to video, non-theatrical stuff specifically because they get so much creative freedom. Like sure, it's low budget, but they can do exactly what they want to do, how they want to do it. And I think this franchise is a great example of it. Yeah, it started out that way, right? Like he made like two really short films that were like four minutes. He made it for some like TV show or something. I don't remember exactly, but and then yeah, these his the Curse One and the Curse Two. He shot in like both of them in like a few weeks, and like there's just like super low budget, straight to DVD. But people loved it. Yeah, yeah. I mean those. I guess I'll show my hand a little early and say I maybe even like the first one more than this, and it is so low budget. Like it looks like a home video. Well, I think that goes with the like vibe of the movies that this can happen to anybody. So it kind of goes along with the low budget aspect as well. At least for me, I see it like it's it just enhances the vibe that this could happen to anybody. I guess we've kind of brought it up a couple times and it sounds like I'm probably in a minority here, but I was not big on the CGI of the Shadow Girl. It's not great. Like, it was too bad for me to be scared. It sounds like I may be in a minority here, but I don't know. I saw it and I was like, that's that's really what she's making that face about. Like, this is, I don't know. I'd agree on the first one. I think the security camera footage is actually pretty creepy, just because it's in that like kind of found footage look. But the first one I thought looked kind of cheesy, yeah. Like, coming out of the first two movies where it's all practical stuff, like, I, was, I don't know, I was just like, why did you not just have, like, Kyoko? Is that her name? Yeah just like crouched over the old woman like why why even bother with that bad cgi there i admit that it's bad but it was it still scared me <laughs> yeah it was it was a little unsettling i can definitely see how like it, it's not great cgi but there's something about like shadows and shadow people and stuff like that that creeps me out so it creeped me out i think the first like 10 minutes of the movie it does kind of feel a little cheesier than the rest to me it doesn't really like get into its groove until um the sister of the man who lives in the house what the oh hitomi hitomi that's when it really i think finds its groove for me um and i think that's when it starts utilizing its more creative scares and stuff i think part of it for me is that i saw the american mom when i was a kid like real young like probably 15 years ago haven't seen it since but it still haunts me. <laughs> like, I, I can't even express how much scarier it is than this one. <laughs> so I do think I, yeah, was a little underwhelmed in those first 10 minutes, especially. I did, like, watch a video about this, and apparently he had a lot higher budget for the American remake of this. So he got to, like, incorporate a whole bunch of different scary stuff in this with that big budget. There's some kind of shaky CGI in that first 10 minutes of that one, too, though, I would say. Oh, really? That's the 2000s for you. <laughs> but yeah, it was that's still the yeah, what you said, the 2000s. So I'm not, I'm not holding it against it by any means. I'm glad this didn't feel like one of those early 2000s horror movies, though. That was a nice surprise, because I was a bit worried. <laughs> well, that's like the, the alternative to people who didn't like, you know, like the typical... Whatever's popular, at least in America at the time, you know, the hostel, all that stuff. Like, this was like the nice alternative. We're like, oh, yeah, the grudge. Hey, this is interesting. The ring. These are like totally different than the the gore porn slash uh, torture porn stuff. And I love that there's no 
really jump scares in this movie. Like all the scares, you can see the character before they see it. You hear it coming or you like know it's going to be there. There's no jump scares and it's terrifying still the scenes are. That's my favorite part of J-horror is its emphasis on the actual scare and not the jump part of the scare. I mean, even the composer back when we did Quaid and was like, when I'm making this music, I want it to be like I'm creeping up behind you, not bombastic or whatever. So it's like, it feels like the whole sentiment over there is to make it like this. I'm sure that's not the case, of course, but it seems much more on the forefront over there than in America, where it's like, ah, we're going to have the big scary noise that's in every single horror movie, and we're going to jump scare the crap out of you because we don't know how to craft a good scare. The music in this one was pretty unsettling, too. It has, like, different tracks throughout it, like, different, I guess, styles of scary tracks. I remember, like, at least three or four different ones. Yeah, they're... They're all so creepy. Yeah, like you were saying, Dan, like it's like sounds like something's creeping up on you, like you're in a room and there's something coming, but you don't know from where or from what. And they're like kind of like soundscapes almost even too. Sometimes there is like actual like, yeah, like choirs and stuff, but a lot of it's just like strange, like staticky noises almost and like just weird unsettling sounds that they're not like overly loud, but they're just loud enough that like it gets under your skin. Oh man, I, I love the sound design and the music in this. Yeah, soundscapes. I was gonna say I love the weird experimental noises, but that's that's a much better movie critic way to say it, TV. It was pretty good. It was very creepy. <laughs> Definitely added to the all the scenes with the grudge noise for sure. <laughs> I love that we have just like a nice, like sad, somber uh, ball- ballad at the end. <laughs> just some Japanese like pop ballad. I really like that song, actually. I think it's, like, weirdly fitting. To me, the whole ending of it is, like, it's, like, pretty much, like, post-apocalyptic. Like, she's actually, like, taking out everybody in Japan. And, like, there's nobody left. And she's just sitting in, like, the attic, like, just with her eyes closed. And it's like, oh, are you at peace now? But then I th- she does open her eyes at the end. It's like, no, she's not at peace. <laughs> she, <laughs> she doesn't feel any better. So, wait, was there, like, an after credit scene or something? Because I didn't see her sitting in the closet. No, it was at the very, it was the very last scene of the movie where it's like slowly zooming in on her, and then it cuts to the ballad. Oh yeah, I do remember it now. I, I like the the end credit song. It was nice. It was very like melancholy, and it was like I don't know. It felt like it fit the tone of like, well, you've killed everybody. I hope you're happy, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about that because I must have missed that whole part. So where are you getting that from? Man, well, there's the shots of the city, and there's no people left. All the cars are gone. The lights are changing, but there's no one there. There's a bunch of city shots right before we see the slow zoom in on her face, and it's like, where'd everybody go? And it's, I just, I mean, I assume that she's, you know, as it's been spreading out, she's just taking everybody away. Was that when she was like doing the weird thing over her face, and it was flashing back? Or was that after the dude grabbed her? I think it was like literally right before we see her in like the attic and it's like zooming in. I must have missed that then. I missed it too, Dan. Yeah, because there's like four four or five shots of the city. There's like papers blowing in the way. It's like classic like post-apocalyptic wasteland kind of like missing. Everybody's gone. There's missing posters all over the walls and stuff. Like 
that's where I'm getting it. That's what I think is like the the idea he was trying to get was that this thing has just been spreading and then there's nobody left. But that's a much cooler way to look at it, TV, because I kind of took it like life is just going on outside of the grudge <laughs> and it's never gonna get fixed. And... But there's nobody there. Everybody's gone. <laughs> they, I assumed they couldn't afford extras, but <laughs> I think your way is a much better way to look at it. <laughs> couldn't get some B-roll of the city? Come on. I did not think so, but, you know, I, I think your way is much cooler. <laughs> I think that's what he's going for. Like, everything's been consumed by this horrible act that happened all these years ago and it's just been spreading ever since. It it works nice with the whole subtext about holding grudges and like violence and that kind of thing. So that works real good for that. I genuinely think that's what he's going for, but I mean, I I don't know. It it fits perfectly, but but then there's like five sequels. So yeah, right. Then then they make more. But <laughs> look, you could just stop here. I haven't seen any after this, so I have no idea if they're good or not. But. Maybe the post-apocalyptic is like the far future. You know, we've got to get four or five movies in there in between to show everyone getting taken. Yeah, it's out of order. So like, yeah, it could this, those scenes could have just been after all the other movies. That's what I'll do. That's how I'll take it. You haven't heard of The Grudge 8, The Grudge Takes New York? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it. I think that's The Grudge 3, actually. Oh, really? It, it goes to New York? She's in New York for that one, yeah. <laughs> is this in, like, the American movies series, The Grudge 3? Yep. I didn't know there was that many. I can't remember if The Grudge 2 is in the United States or not either. I don't remember. But the first one's for sure in Japan. And I know the third one for sure is in, uh, like, an apartment complex, yeah. <laughs> but I think I saw there's 12 total movies. Isn't there, like, a series on Netflix, too? Yeah! It's pretty good. It's not as scary as I hoped, but it like fleshes out more of the lore. So don't they like go ham on the gore and the Netflix ones or something? They do, which is I felt like they were trying to build on the weird red Dario Argento blood at the end of this one. But that feels a little disingenuous, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Just because. Like, well, at the end of this one, she is just slathered in that almost pink fake blood. I don't know. From uh, As someone who watched a bunch of these in a row, too, a long time ago, I, this, I only watched this one for this review, but it, I will say, you know, even though those American remakes, the sequels are a little more, yeah, not quite, they don't think they quite get what the original was going for. It was a nice change of pace after a while. Because like you said, even in this one, it's kind of the same thing over and over again. They find new creative ways to scare, but it's also like, okay, she drags him away, or we cut away and they find their dead body later. Like, it does kind of get repetitive. So I could see them introducing that just to change up the formula a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't know. I would feel like if they wanted... The story doesn't really lend itself to a lot of sequels, I don't think. Or at least, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it after this movie. <laughs> Unless they wanted to, like, really hone it in on a couple characters and, like really flesh it out and make the plot about them and the grudge stalking them and then getting them or something like that. Cause that's what this movie's worst flaw is, is that plot is pretty not great. I think it's almost like final destination. Like, you know, everybody's going to die and you're mostly there to be like, how, oh, what horrible weird way is the grudge going to get them this time? 
Is it going to be in my hair dryer and the toilet? Is it <laughs> yeah, come exactly. Out of the sink drain? <laughs> I could believe any of these happening. The hair dryer turning on and it's making the like death rattle noise. Uh, yeah, like or it meows. Oh, that'd be bad. I I kind of I mean I can I see what you're saying, David. I also think like it blends itself really. They just keep can keep doing the same thing over and over again. Anybody who goes to the house, there we go. There's a whole new set of characters we can like. Oh, he interacted with this person on the way, and like I mean, it's all very much the same, but it's also like well, they got it. They got to spruce it up though, which is what he said they're doing with the blood and gore. But that I don't know. It feels disingenuous to the scares in this. Kind of like a a cheap way to make it i don't know that blood and gore doesn't even make it scarier necessarily no i guess i wouldn't say that the blood and gore is like a centerpiece of what apparently is the older ones and in my head i have them mixed up but it's just kind of like there i guess you know it's horrifying but it's not a centerpiece of it by any means it was pretty spooky when she was crawling down the stairs covered in like the blood like obviously it was fake blood but it was just unsettling I mean, granted, she was crawling very awkwardly, and we had just seen like the spider multiple, crawl. yeah, other things happen like down those stairs too. Which, what a terrifying scene! Like she's just stuck there, and all these things keep coming down the stairs and looking at her. I think I might have your criticism about that scene, actually, Dan. <laughs> that last scene, because it's straight from the first movie. They're just reenacting what happens, but. There's some factors that make it, to me at least, much scarier. I mean, th- this house is in like every single one of these movies as well. So, yeah, th- it's a very repetitive series, I would say. Um, they, I mean, they do the same kind of tricks. There's always somebody peeking up from the balcony through that little hole, it seems like. There's someone crawling down the stairs, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that one's just like a very like Western cyclical haunting, though, where it like reenacts the event of its death or something like a, I don't know. Like, it's not a ghost that's, like, out to murder people. It's a ghost bound to just repeat the cycle of its death, like a lot of American horror movies are. I thought it was weird that they chose to redo that scene and reenact it. I mean, she is very caught up, this ghost, in, like, her murder, I feel like, you know. So maybe she is reenacting her stuff as well. And I thought they tried to make it more important because the husband shows up and then she possesses this gal. But I just didn't know why. I didn't understand the why. (laughs) Like, why, like, make this one poor girl suffer more than everybody else? She doesn't care. She's going to make everybody suffer as much as she pleases because she's a crazy ghost. Enraged. And, like, she, like, you know, she doesn't kill her. She lets the ghost of the husband come down and kill her and takes the body after. Yeah, I kind of see him as, like, a unit, though. Like, they're all kind of together. Like, Toshio's always there. They're not, like, separate entities. I think they're all connected. That's my other question, is what is their dynamic? Like, is the little boy actually evil? Does he understand that people around him die, or is he just being mischievous? Uh, I think he's definitely luring them to their doom. Like, he lures that teacher to to the house so that she can die. Like, does the mom, like, use him to lure people in? Like, does he understand he's killing people? I don't know. Probably. (laughs) He's the harbinger. The harbinger of doom. He is, yeah. You see that boy first, and yeah. I do wish that dynamic was, like, fleshed out better the the killer husband doesn't really show up hardly ever except for randomly it seems kind of weird that he gets to be come back but also i guess that is the point because whoever gets killed by this thing has the potential to come back like those school girls and stuff like that so oh yeah that's right i forgot about them anyone killed by the grudge could be used by the grudge 
Although he doesn't have the white makeup when he comes back. He's just himself. Toshio doesn't always have the white makeup either. Oh, that's true. He can be normal. It's just like uh, those other ghosts, the Quaden. It's like uh, the ghosts, they can just blend in sometimes. You know, they don't have to be ghostly all the time. Even Kayako, sometimes she doesn't, I feel like, have all the white makeup on. Oh, I think she's scariest when she doesn't, actually. It's weird watching the third movie first because, like, I kind of forgot that the dude was in this. Like, I guess they had his picture cut out at the beginning of this movie, but I kind of forgot about that because the movie was so scary and he showed up. I was like, who is this guy? He doesn't look like a ghost. (laughs) I haven't seen him before. The story is a little confusing, but... That's also the third movie, so. I, I I agree with Terry. I think I see all of them as a unit, basically. The grudge is just the thing or whatever, using the ghosts as it will. I did take a note that I thought it was interesting that the characters in this movie, like traditionally in Western horror movies, the characters make all stupid decisions all the time. I didn't feel like the characters made stupid decisions in like any of these J-horror movies we've watched. And that was refreshing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, sometimes they kind of like just stand and stare in horror at the thing, but I can't say that I might not do the same, you know, just be frozen in fear. Yeah. So That's what I was thinking. If that happened to me, I would probably just be stuck there, terrified. And some of them even like understand it. Like there's the cop who... Uh, he somehow he's like lived this long. He investigated the original murder or whatever, and then he like goes to burn the house down because he thinks maybe that'll stop it. But so he tries to you know do something I guess logical. I don't know how ghosts work, but his guess is as good as mine. I liked his story. It was interesting because that was also when the like nonlinear story intersected, and that was a cool concept that I wish they would have explored more it kind of made the house feel like a paranormal place kind of reminded me of like um kind of like a, like the shining with some kind of time dilation stuff getting a glimpse but hey speaking of why we like j-horror i'm glad you brought up the word paranormal talking with my fiance after this and i i think one thing i really like about this j-horror stuff kind of compared to like western horror and as we kind of talked about people making stupid decisions is that you know you watch like the insidious in the conjuring movies and they're like ah yes all of this stuff is paranormal it's not right it shouldn't be here but in these j-horror movies it seems like the spiritual culture over there is very much like this is the way it is this is just nature it's just the way the world is there's no sense in making stupid decisions <laughs> yeah it's more accepted over there rather than here it's more like a just they, yeah they're just they're more willing to go with it rather than us but yeah it's kind of a lot more skeptical i guess like we can skip the whole 30 minute skepticism arc in the beginning and just get right in there you bring up the good point fox i'm gonna segue into one of my things i noticed in this too that i liked um With the whole, you don't need the whole 30-minute skepticism angle. I really liked that when the detective got on the case, the dude was like, this is the house, this is what happened here. And I'm like, 
sweet. I didn't need to waste 10 to 30 minutes of this dude bumbling around going to libraries and having the montage of him like pulling all the books and hitting on the hot librarian just to find some cryptic clue or whatever. I was very happy that we skipped all that just to get the info we needed. No wasting time, yeah. And it's not like any of the cops ever, like, are... Well, I mean, they're, like, you know, they're reasonably skeptical about stuff, but they're not like, oh, it's, it, can, it could never be the boy. That's ridiculous. There's no goat. You know, they're not... Because he says, like, I saw this kid, and he's like, well, that was, like, 10 years ago. I don't know how he would look exactly the same. They, they're never, like, outwardly, like, just disbelieving, you know? They're, they're just kind of like... They take in the information. They think it's weird, of course, but they're just like, okay, well, that's just another layer to the story. And then they... Go investigate accordingly. They go find the guy who did the last investigation who does seem to know something's wrong. <laughs> like, it's not a bunch of guys, like, that look like they haven't showered in a month living in a trailer that are, like, the heroes. It's just regular people who are like, ah, that could be a possibility, I guess. Hmm. Well, does anybody have anything else about this one? Or just J-horror in general? Spooky. <laughs> Agreed. Very spooky, Yeah. Man, I, I put headphones on halfway through because I was doing my dishes in my dishwasher and it's like incredibly loud. And I was like, I feel like I'm not getting the whole experience on. And I kind of regret it because I was spooked hearing all those noises very clearly. Oh, geez. Okay, that would have been terrible. Yeah, I probably would have been a lot more scared if I'd done that. <laughs> <laughs> it was already scary enough on the <laughs> with the sound bar I have. Ugh. What all did we do for this? We did this. We did Quaden. Uzumaki. Audition. Audition. That was the last one. That's right. They're all so different, too. Like, they all felt really different to me, but they have a lot of the same connecting, like, elements and a lot of the same mentality to crafting the scares, which was cool. Stylistically, they're all very similar, for sure. Even if the threat isn't quite the same. Well... And not even stylistically. A lot of it's different. Like Audition, the style of that is a lot different than like this one. And Quaden's kind of unique. But um, even Uzumaki, though, I hated that. You hated had it. A, had a <laughs> unique style <laughs> to it that was different. Disliked they... it might be a better word. Hated. <laughs> yeah. You gave it a pass. I don't remember a bird. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't mean I... <laughs> Didn't mean I liked it. Dan and I did not like it. Dang. I know we talked about this in the uh, audition a little bit, about that whole, like, watching it a second time, making it better. I do think this is better on a second viewing, too. I guess once you know what to expect with the story, like the linear stuff, it's more, it's kind of interesting to kind of see how everything pieces together. And just so, I don't know, I think it does get better. At least for me, I found that I liked it better the second time, even. Mm-hmm. The story definitely seems like you'd pick up more stuff. And also, I have seen the other. See, I had the same mistake. I watched this one first, the first time I watched it, because I was like, I didn't realize this was the third in the series, and then I went back and watched the first two. So then maybe that helped, too, helped me put the pieces together a little bit more. Yeah, I read a little synopsis that of everything after I finished it, and that helped me piece it together since I hadn't watched the other two. Weirdly, it does feel like a third movie. It feels like a third movie and its own, like, thing at the same time. 
I think it stands on its own for the most part pretty well. But yeah, there are some things here and there that you're like, kind of, it's kind of confusing because they move by some stuff so quickly that you're just like, wait, what? And then the yeah, the reason why is because it's from the last two movies. All right. I feel like we've already done it, but are we going to do overall presentation? Ah, we did it slightly out of order, just like this movie. Yeah. Non-linear. We got a scale we use to rate these movies. It goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. We all give a little spiel, and then we uh, average out our... Well, no, we don't do that, do we? We uh, we, we give a little spiel, and then we give... We kind of just, yeah, give our grades. So, yeah, like just, yeah. Take from that what you will. Take our information and process it and use it however you wish, I guess. But don't hold a grudge if it's not what you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer, yes. Uh, please don't come and haunt me. But, uh, you know, usually we like to pick randomly, but I was just thinking about the other day. Um, so I, I, I usually, you know, share big news, but I was going house hunting the other day. I went to this house, and it was, like, really nice, relatively cheap, actually, which is weird. Just, you know, it's kind of in a nice little, like, that is we yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know the realtor swore it was nice really safe neighborhood but um i went in there and i kind of felt like off like there's like something like watching me or following me i couldn't quite put my finger on it, and then i heard a noise and it was like Mike. oh god and i was like huh <laughs> it's like well I was like, huh, I think I know where this is going. Mike wants to go first, right? And he's like, yeah. And then I left. <laughs> and now I'm here. So um, <laughs> I promised whatever that voice was that you'd go first. So. Yeah, let's, let's not upset the ghost. You know, this movie was a cool watch, like, years after I'd heard about it the first time. And it was very different than I expected. I really... Didn't expect the nonlinear story, but the more we talked about it, the more it grew on me. Um, all the notes I took about this movie were like my favorite scares, scenes, and the visual moments. I gotta give it a buy it. The ghost like faces in this movie are like ingrained in my brain. And sometimes when I close my eyes, I see them. It's just very spooky. This movie spooked me, boys. It's a buy it. <laughs> You know, I'm a little conflicted on this one. I think I've kind of mentioned earlier, you know, uh, I, I did like the first one, despite its low production value, quite a bit more than this. And I saw the American one years and years ago. And as Mike just said, it, it, it haunts me to this day. I close my eyes and I still see that bed scene, you know, almost a decade and a half later. And this one, I, I just, I, I didn't quite get the same vibe. It's, you know, I, I think maybe one of, the weaker from what I've limited things I've seen in this franchise for me. And I was kind of thinking about giving it a pass, but you know what? Talking about it now has kind of brought it back for me. It's not a bad movie by any means. I don't know if it stacks up as well against its counterparts, but it's still good. I think it's worth a watch. There's a lot of value in there, a lot of scary things, some cool, cool lore and ghost stuff. Give it a run at least once. Yeah, I really enjoyed this even the second time. I think it's... An interesting watch is kind of engaging. I think the nonlinear stuff, it's an interesting choice, and I think it kind of keeps things fresh and not feeling quite as samey, because this movie does kind of repeat itself a lot. But I think it makes it work, which is kind of cool. Um, I also really like just, yeah, the atmosphere, the soundscapes, the music. 
it's so eerie and i think that adds a lot because this movie is so like low budget kind of you know it's not very flashy but they still end up managing to do some really terrifying stuff that really had like my hair standing on end there's so many iconic moments that just kind of when i think about it, just like oh geez that was so scary like mike most of my notes are just saying oh ghost was in the bed creepy oh ghost was in the shower <laughs> creepy like <laughs> it's just a lot of stuff in this is so creepy and weird and I, I love it, and the lore I think is really interesting. The ending to this movie is just so awesome, I think. I don't know. I, the more I talk about this movie, the more I like it, too. I think I'm going to give it a bite as well. Um, I think it's really unique. I think there's a reason this one really stands up, like at least, even in our culture. I mean, it's a big one they remade, and I think it's cool that it translated so well to American audiences, too, and it made such a big impact for us as well. So I, mean, I, I think it's worth checking out even just for that alone. But, yeah, I say give it a bite because it's... It's pretty cool. Yeah, this one uh, is a pretty neat story um, behind like it being made in Japan, being the third part of the trilogy from this guy who got it, who was just starting out, it seemed like, and then he gets his big hit with this one and then gets to come direct it for American audiences as well, along with the sequel. It's pretty neat. And the movie itself, yeah, I haven't been this, like, legitimately scared by a movie since Hereditary. And that's, that's saying a lot. I don't, I do get scared easy, but that's more because, like, getting startled by stuff. Like, the legitimately scared, scared. That doesn't happen too often for me. Um, but this one made it happen again. Uh, I was worried it would, seeing the pictures on <laughs> IMDb, and it it was true. Um, so I, I'll think very kindly upon a movie that can do that, because I think that's something special. They've achieved something truly horrific if it can scare me like that. So the story, though, is fine. The nonlinear stuff is... <laughs> I'm... I'm I'm still torn on that. I think it's a good choice because, like I said at the beginning, if they if you weren't like trying to figure out what was going on, your brain would probably get caught up in that it's basically the exact same thing for like eight people, not eight people, but like five or six people <laughs> in this movie. So it is a good choice that they did it that way, but I, I would have preferred something more. Let more straightforward. So that was really my biggest problem with it. Like the CGI wasn't great on the dark figure either at the start, but I mean that's just the one part of the movie. Everything else around it was fine, so I I get that it was low budget, and then she looks fine later on too. So it it just is really really solid. Besides that plot. And that being said, though. I am gonna give it a buy it as well. <laughs> I probably this one's gonna be like at the buy it and it's gonna sit on the shelf never to be opened again. <laughs> though Dang. I I acknowledge what it did and what it did real well, but it doesn't mean I want to watch it again anytime soon. <laughs> well, I'm glad we all liked it. I was kind of worried about you, Dan, because I know we we talked about an audition that the time jumps kind of you weren't a big fan of that. It it's a very it's very hard to get that right, you know, without it being confusing. 
Yeah, it's just an interesting. I think I it, it, maybe it is a crutch. I don't know. It's it's a gimmick for sure. He does have like all these movies, so he found something yeah. that worked and he has kept it consistent. Well, for next week, we're going to change things up. We're going to go back to American, hard-boiled American cinema. <laughs> oh, yeah. You might say we're shifting gears. Ooh. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to live life in the fast lane for a bit. We're going to do some, like, car movies, whatever that may mean. And what better way to start out than uh, with a little movie known as Fast and Furious? Number four in the series. <laughs> Number four in the series, yes. We've gone up from the third in a series to the fourth. I like it. I'm excited. I have been slowly working my way through these because I've heard like the later ones are really good, but I wanted to watch the early ones first. Five was really good, I thought, and then the other two were fun. That's what I've heard. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm excited to keep going. I'm almost there to the to number five where I hear it gets crazy. So yeah. In the meantime, if any of you listeners out there want to get in contact with us, hit us up about some J horror, The Grudge. Um, let us know your thoughts about that. What you think? Uh, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Run the Real. Or you can email us at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. I want to know your thoughts on the movies. You got any other J-horror recommendations? I do like watching these J-horror movies, so I want to know. Yeah, me too. Let us know, but don't come crawling out of my sweater tomorrow or something. (laughs) (laughs) You got a grudge? Take it out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't send your grudges to us, please. Um... Yeah, and if you got any like yeah, their recommendations, suggestions, anything, just yeah, feel free to hit us up. So our line is always open. Yeah, do it. Get in contact with us. Well, anyways, thanks for listening to us tonight, everybody. We really appreciate it. This is Run the Real, signing off. I would totally pay more for a haunted house. Dang, maybe. What? No. Maybe I need to go to Japan. No. No. Dan's like, no. Do you watch this movie, Fox? Yeah, why would you you move into this house? Are you kidding me? I just want to know, you know? (laughs) Not worth it. God, it's like me and the Poughkeepsie tapes. I'm like, I'm never going to watch that movie again. I have like a persistent paranoia problem. But let me show five people real quick. Yeah, <laughs> Casually brings it out during a nice little college party for everybody to watch. There was um, like four <laughs> people who said they wanted to watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember the good old days of you know, just staring at Chris is playing beer pong in the corner with somebody. He's like, come on, guys, what's going on? And four of us just staring at the screen, horrified, watching the Poughkeepsie tapes. <laughs> <laughs> they were curious. <laughs>